Thank you for listening to audio from Glen Meadows Baptist Church. We hope it blesses you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are not a current member of Glen Meadows, we encourage you to visit one of our services, Sundays at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 6.30 p.m. And as Pastor Mac uh, is out this week, I have the opportunity to continue uh, what he's been uh, taking us through the past few weeks uh, through 1 Peter, and we're coming up on strong anticipation as our uh, theme. All of us anticipate something, big things, little things, tangible things, untangible things, desired things, whatever those things are, we have a, 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 a anticipation inside of us. Uh, we might be anticipating our next football game if you're on a football team. You may be anticipating uh, getting your promotion at work. You may be anticipating so much. For me right now, I'm anticipating my next grandchild coming. And so I'm super excited, and in that anticipation, I lay awake at night, and I, I see the two awesome little grandchildren playing together, and, and they're holding hands and loving each other, and then I have this reality that's probably not true. They're probably hitting each other and poking each other in the ear and then tattling on one another, but then I, I, I anticipate the day my grandchild was born, and I think about, okay, here's my daughter, and she's holding my next grandchild, and I can see the look in her eyes as she hands him up to me to hold, and I'm in this absolute anticipation. I cannot wait to be a grandfather again. I, I look in the mirror, and I, I, I don't, don't think I'm that old, but I'm still anticipating. What do you anticipate? What are you, what are you thinking in life that gets you excited, that you want to look forward to? What are you looking forward to? Maybe it's a vacation. It could be, it could be so many things that you anticipate. I don't know what, what you might be anticipating, but there's some serious anticipation going on here in 1 Peter. Sometimes anticipation can let us down. Um, I'll never forget the greatest letdown is when um, uh, a long time ago there was this movie called Titanic. <laughs> and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger went, he, he watched the preview, and he comes out and says, this is the greatest movie ever. Don't you guys hate it when someone comes up and builds a movie too high up for you? And then you go watch it, you know you're going to get let down, right? And Jack dies at the end. I'm like, what is he talking about? Anyway, I just had to have a little rant on that. Just hate that part where, where he, you know, she, she's holding his hand, and she's peeling his fingers one by one away, saying, I'll never let go. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> so let down. <laughs> she let go. But we have to look at what we're anticipating. What are we anticipating? Or better yet, the question is, who are we anticipating? Peter takes us through 1 Peter chapter 1, and Max has been walking us through it, and it's been about the living hope the excitement of what's taking place uh, in the church, and Peter having been in the, the uh, knowing past prophecy, having living through the, the present in his life of prophecy being fulfilled, and now he's coming and he's sharing and celebrating what has just taken place with Jesus, and he's saying, you have a great hope. In verses 3 and 4 of chapter 1, we will be there all morning, and maybe skip to a couple ones, but if you want to open up to First Peter... You can put a mark there and camp out there if you'd like to. And in verse 3, Peter's saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven for you. Wow, there's some anticipation, right? 
There's anticipation right there for us to begin looking and say, we've got something to look forward to. And then in verse 9, because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And Pastor Mac has taken us through that. And isn't it something to get excited about? It's something to get excited knowing that the wretched man that I am, but yet I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I am a new creation in Christ. I am absolutely free from the bondage of sin, and I'm set forward to becoming like Christ, and I am excited I am anticipating that day when I get to stand in the presence of God, kneel to my knees or bow on my face and worship him for eternity. That excites me. That is something that I pray becomes the greatest thing in my life that I anticipate, that I anticipate that moment that I am with the Father. That is an exciting time. So Peter comes to verse 10, and, and in verse 10 he says, concerning this salvation, the one that we just explained, he says, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched and carefully investigated. Now some things are going on with the prophets, just to give you a little bit of context, is this. Did you know and it, that the prophets' timelines overlapped? Not all of them, but throughout, if you, were to, if you were to Google, Google's maybe not our friend, but if you were to Google and you were to look, you would see when the prophets existed, you would see timelines, and they were alive at the same times, many of them. And so when it says the prophets searched and investigated, that there were times that they, were, they were, had available to them, they knew who other prophets were and had available the writings. So they were able to look and investigate what was being said. And they carefully investigated that. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified. Let's stop right there real quick, and I'll pick back up. The Spirit of Christ within them. It, it, Peter goes on in 2 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 21. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Peter uh, gives us uh, so, some explanation on the prophets and when they prophesied what was taking place. In first, or 2 Peter 1, 21, it says, Above all, you know this. No prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I had, um, uh, I came in early today to prepare and I, a, a good friend walked in and, and he said, he goes, um, I want to share something with you. I, I, I don't uh, preach often or speak often, so you can imagine in my mind, I'm already thinking, okay, oh boy, uh, I, <laughs> yeah, no problem. And, and he began to share. And God quickly revealed to me through his testimony that this is something that was pertinent to today. And he shared with me in confidence, so I won't share with you the details, but I'll say this. So what he shared with me was a very profound, mighty move in his life where he experienced God in a tremendous way. And as I listened to him share the story, unexpectedly, tears welled up in my eyes, and, and, and I began to hear every word he was saying, and I began to realize this was from God because it measured up to God's word. It made sense to what he was saying. And I watched the tears in his eyes and, and my eyes as we wept together. And I sat there and I thought to myself, this is, this is what it means in your mind to begin saying, he's sharing this 
And here it's validated. He's sharing this. And in God's word, it says this. And it uh, affirms what he's sharing. And at the end of it, I sat there and, and got a testimony from a, a wonderful friend that actually hit right to today, but it hit my heart. It's what the prophets are doing. You see, they're carefully searching and investigating. Peter's saying this. So he's talking about the living hope, and in the past few weeks, Mac's been talking about that. Then right here in verse 10, here's this piece where Peter stops and says, and remember the prophets, they searched and investigated. He's saying, remember, not only that has that prophecy been fulfilled, which it had, that that prophecy which has been fulfilled has been validated and searched and accredited by the prophets through careful examination. Notice this about the prophets too, that, that later on we're going to read in, in 1 Peter <clears throat> chapter uh, verse 12, it says, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. So, so the prophets, when they're examining the prophecy, here, here, here's what they're recognizing. They're recognizing that in their lifetime, they will not see that prophecy fulfilled, but in the future, that prophecy will be fulfilled. Do you know that all prophecy has not yet been fulfilled? Roger Ford on uh, Sunday nights took us through Revelation, the book of Revelation, talking about the blessed hope that we have as a church today for a future of the second coming of Jesus and being in the presence of God. At this moment, what's taking place is the, if you put yourself in that frame of mind and you get excited about the things of God, they're reading the scripture, they're searching and they're investigating it. And, and through the searching and investigating, here's what's taking place. They're getting excited about what God is going to do because they're absorbing themselves in God's word. The closest they were going to get to experiencing the prophecy being fulfilled was knowing what was going to take place. And they were excited about it. They were anticipating. Backing up to verse 11, they inquired their anticipation. Look at this. They inquired or, or they were looking into what time or circumstance the spirit of Christ within them was indicating. They wanted to know when. And when, when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ. And if you look at Isaiah 53, if you're in life group, you're going to go through Isaiah 53 this week. And you're going to look at how Christ su uh, suffered. And it's going to predict his suffering. And you're going to talk about this in life group. And, and, and the glories that would follow. And the promises that we have because of these prophecies being fulfilled. And that's where Peter's at right now. He's looking at them and he's saying, look, the prophets went through this. They prophesied and we know that that came from God and they investigated and they searched and they dug into it and then they came to the conclusion that they were excited and anticipating what was going to take place, knowing that they weren't going to be there, but then knowing that we were going to see Jesus come here and die for us so that we may have eternal life with him and that excited them. And then these things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel. So what is he saying? So now all these things that are taking place, here's Peter and the apostles, and they're here, and they're preaching to the world the gospel of Jesus and what has taken place. But there's some things that we have to note. There's some things that we want to make sure that we don't become guilty of. One of those things is this. Let me tell you, prophecy and the Old Testament is as relevant today as it was back then. As a matter of fact, I will go as far as to say in my life, prophecy is more relevant because of the impact it had on me. When I was a kid growing up, I would say that I nominally understood my parents' faith, but it was not my own. 
Matter of fact, I've said often, I didn't want anything to do at church. I was a scallywag. That's a pirate term. Probably in Wikipedia or I can add it, I don't know. About 30 years old, I began to research. And I began to look. And I began to dive into prophecy being fulfilled. Was it true? Was it accurate? I began to recognize the manuscripts and the Dead Sea Scrolls that popped up, validating almost word for word the scripture a thousand years back and leading evidence to the fact that Jesus Christ, check this out, it hit me like a ton of bricks, that Jesus Christ, through all that investigation, actually was real. How, how, how could I grow up in church? How could, how could all that hit? And then all of a sudden, this, this crazy, stupid, simple epiphany hit me so, so dense like, like a baseball bat. It was because something sunk in through Scripture, through the Old Testament, through the prophets, and through all the fulfillment of it. Something hit me straight in the forehead and said, this is real, and you better not keep treating it like a simple culture that you grew up in. You better not treat it like a fable. You better not treat it like your mom and dad's faith. It's real and it belongs to to you, and it sunk into my life from the Old Testament. The Old Testament. You watch, you, you read through the Old Testament, you find out that, it, that, that prophecy comes in a past, present, and future, and we're actually going to talk about another one as well. So here's Peter and the apostles living in their time frame. They're living in, in the past in other words, prophecy yet unfulfilled. All of us are living in prophecy unfulfilled. In the present, Peter is, is actually alive and witnessing prophecy being fulfilled. Right? And in the future, Peter is doing what? He is, he is actually pointing to a future hope with Jesus Christ and prophecy yet to be fulfilled. So, so you have the apostles and everybody examining and enjoying that. You have Peter pointing to it. And then, and then if you look at, at the rest of Peter, and, and I've been warned uh, in jest, but sometimes when Max kidding, he's serious. And he said, don't, don't steal my sermons for the next few weeks. So I'm not going to, but if you go through and just, just search, you'll see uh, Old Testament quoted in 1 Peter, Old Testament quoted in 2 Peter. Let's take another look. Old Testament quoted in 3 Chapter 3, Old Testament quoted in chapter 4. What is, what is Peter doing? Look, the Old Testament is validating Christ. The prophecies are validating that he is the Messiah. They are in existence. So Peter is there and he's sharing the gospel. But to share the gospel, he's looking at a crowd of people saying, look, understand that it was said here and it's he who died here and he who rose from the dead. It is Jesus many of whom that he preached the gospel to had actually witnessed or seen Jesus or seen him die. And he said, here it is. Here it is taking place. And it didn't stop there. Philip and Ethiopian. It's a great story. Acts chapter 8. We won't get into it today, but, but here's what's taking place is, uh, I'll make the story really short. Um, my wife would laugh every time I say that. Um, I'll make the story really long because the cowboys don't play till later, right? No one's laughing. A couple. All the non-cowboy fans are laughing. <laughs> Angel came to uh, Philip, said, go to the, the, the desert road, the one that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. 
And he did. He goes to Desert Road, and then he sees a chariot, and then the angel says, okay, now go up and go alongside of it. So he ran up to the chariot. There's the Ethiopian. He's reading from the scroll of Isaiah, chapter 53, and he says, "Uh, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I understand what I'm reading unless someone explains it to me? So he says, okay. So he gets up in with him, and he, he, at the scroll of Isaiah, chapter 53, he looks and he sees, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and he began to read that part of Isaiah, and then he says, now let me tell you the good news of Jesus Christ, who this prophecy is talking about. And, and the Ethiopian accepts Christ, and then the story goes on, he says, there's some water, he gets baptized, and then the Holy Spirit beams up Philip and takes him somewhere else. First Star Trek experience right there. You can read about it. It happened. <laughs> so you still have the importance and the value of Scripture. It's amazing. So when he's reading from Isaiah chapter 53, we, if you go into Isaiah chapter 53, you find another, uh, another form of prophecy. And it, it's probably my, my, my favorite form because it's something that we do not exercise today. Now, we're not going to go through it, but life groups, you're gonna, as you go through it this week, uh, this would be a good tidbit because as you go through it, you're going to recognize the importance of prophecy and, and you're going to get excited and hopefully anticipate this week as you dig into it. But as you read through it, ask the question, why is he talking past tense. So, so you, all of a sudden you open up 53 and, and you don't need to go there now, but I want you to, to read it later, but it says, he grew up, he was despised, he was like someone people turned away uh, from, he was despised, he bore our sickness, he carried our pains. That's called a prophetic perfect. And this is why it's so important. A prophetic perfect is important because the prophet spoke with certainty in such a way that we do not speak today. Okay? So let me, let me give you the, an example. Example would be this. Okay, did you guys know the Cowboys played today and they won? They won 46 to 2. Now, now, now Dak, when he played today, he did really good. He, uh, he threw for over 600 yards and then uh, Ezekiel Elliott ran for 400, and Mack Roller caught seven touchdown passes. He's, that's why he's actually not here. He got drafted. <laughs> why, why are we laughing? Because I'm an idiot, right? Because you know that hasn't happened yet. Odds are that probably won't happen. Mack might score the touchdowns, but the other two guys couldn't do anything. <laughs> it's what the prophets are doing. We, we, we've got the phrase, drop the mic, right? Got a really good comment. You're like, whoop, drop the mic. This is bigger than that. When prophets prophesied, they prophesied past tense, which is a saying, this is beyond drop the mic. Count it, check it as if it's already happened. We believe it so strongly and so firmly, and God's word is so for sure and final that this has already taken place. Wow! That is amazing. When they get done being divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the prophecy God has given them, they look at it, they search it, they investigate it, they stamp it, and they live it as if it's already taken place. Do you know that we have a blessed hope and we have a blessed guarantee of a future with Jesus Christ and eternity with him? 
Do you see it, say it, live it, and breathe it as if it is a conclusion that you are so certain of, you can speak as if the prophets did, that I will be with Jesus one day. I am going to be with Jesus one day. I am going to be in heaven. Are we as certain of God's word to such a point that we see it through a lens and perspective the prophets saw it? I am going to score seven touchdowns on Madden. (laughs) Imagine the joy we would have if we knew God's word for certain. How do we get there? Is the answer a broken record? Yes. I grew up in church, and every time my dad had a guest speaker, we, it was uh, Brother Minton, and uh, his conclusion was the same points. It's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Let me tell you, God's word is the same as it was yesterday, today, and forever. It is living and active. The, the answer is still the same. If you want to get excited and begin anticipating not the things of this world, but anticipating the things of Jesus, get excited about his word. Dig into the word in such a way that you're saying it is relevant, it is active, and it is exciting. When you read 1 Peter and you watch as our pastor's been taking us through it, I began to listen to his sermons again and begin to look at where we're at today because frankly, when he told me I had to preach on two verses, I was a little scared. I'm like, uh, I, use, I like big stories. Can I do the Good Samaritan or something? And he's like, no, right here. And I looked at it and I said, God, what am I going to do with this? And then I just felt like God impressed upon me, just study my word. Just look at what I'm saying. And his word is true, and it's a guarantee. I've been more excited this week than any other week because I settled and said, okay, in your word, you have something special to tell me today through your word. You are speaking through it, and there's no piece of your scripture, God, that will ever come back void. It will always be alive and active inside of us. And I began to read it and begin to see it begin to pop. And if you want to know what we're doing wrong in the church today is I don't think we are anticipating the things of God every day, tomorrow, and in the future. I don't think that we're living in an anticipation that God's called us to, to know that one day he is coming back for his people whoop, that means us. Drop the mic. That was lame. That means us. He's coming back for us. And do we walk in such an anticipation saying, guys, if on our minds right now is a football game, I love football, or if on our minds is what we're going to eat for lunch, in the middle of, the t- of a Sunday, when we're actually here to worship and glorifying God, then what's on our mind during the week? I'm guilty, but what I want to do is I want to be like the prophets, and I want to look into the Word and get so excited about it, and so built up with what's going to take place today, to know to say, God, you are working, and you are moving, and I want to see you work and move. I want to get excited about reading the book of Revelations. Why? Because it's describing inside of that book what great time I'm going to be having with the Father in heaven one day what the streets of gold are going to look like, what being in the presence of God and worshiping him is going to be like. Max says, if you don't like worshiping on heaven, or if you don't like worshiping here, you're not going to like heaven. (laughs) But it's when I take the time to look into the word and get to know who God is. 
And it's the whole scripture in its entirety that will speak to us, that will excite us, that will revive us. Have you ever gone through a spiritual valley? Have you ever been at a spot where you're saying, man, I'm just not feeling it, I'm dry? I, I, I promise, in my life, I go there. And 99% of the time, I could probably say 100, it's because I'm not pursuing after Christ. Because I'm not getting into the Word. Because I'm getting more excited or anticipating things of the world. I'm anticipating an 85-degree day and the wind in my face on my motorcycle. I'm anticipating a date night with my wife. They're all good things. I'm anticipating my grandbaby. Ooh, he's going to be a middle linebacker, I promise. I'm anticipating, I'm anticipating. But I should be careful when I anticipate all these things more than I anticipate my time with God. More than I anticipate my Bible on the nightstand. It's the most sold book of all times. And in many homes, the most unread. There's a joy bubbling up in this scripture. Oh, do I want to steal Mac's sermon for next Sunday? <laughs> Is this recorded? Man, <laughs> he'll know. <laughs> He's like that lady on uh, Monsters, Inc. Always watching. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get away with anything. But it's this excitement. It's excitement. Is it building up? Is it getting excited? Are you beginning to anticipate? Do you wake up in the morning and say, whoa, 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 this world's temporal. I could get excited. I get excited about the Old Testament because it validates what's taken place and what's going to take place, and it's real and it's true, and God is alive. And and I could get excited about being a part of the church and accomplishing God's purpose and God's will and doing what He's called us to do. And I can get excited. I can get excited one day that what we call valuable is going to become pavement one day when I'm in the presence of God. I can get excited about that. I can get excited about that day when there is no sickness, no pain. And none of that stuff taking place. And then I can sit there and worship God without all the riffraff flying around in my head. And I can just say, I love you, I love you, I love you all day long if I want to Jesus. And, and, and sit there and enjoy and anticipate. Are we having that bubble inside of us? Is it, is, is it grabbing us? And is it percolating inside of us? Is it driving us? Is it driving us? There's a lot to look forward to, but there's a lot happening right now. The question is, what or who are you anticipating? In conclusion, Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. They long to catch a glimpse of what's taking place with God's chosen people, his creation. 
his love. The prophets longed for it. Angels longed for it. I sure hope they're not looking down at me saying, what a spoiled brat. Oh, I want to steal Max next week. Keep reading. I won't. I'll get in trouble. God's called us to be. He's called us to a higher standard. He gave it all for us. He didn't have to. He wanted to. It's not a history book. It's a present book. It's a future book. It's alive because it's God's word. And I want to live in a strong anticipation. I want to search and investigate and scour through it. I want to hold it tight at night. I want to live in a blessed anticipation of the future. I want to be pleasing to God. When he looks down, what does he see in me? Twenty points as we conclude. Okay, four. Do you anticipate a closer walk with Christ? Just a question. Do you anticipate, number two, digging into his word and then clinging to his promises? Lots of them are there. Do you anticipate the future fulfillments coming of prophecy? Do you anticipate eternity with the Father? Do you anticipate these things more than anything else? Thank you again for listening to audio from Glenmeadows Baptist Church. For previous sermons and more information, please check out our website at gmbc.org.